0: The Amazing People Podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Amazing
1: People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business with your host, Chip Desard.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to this edition of the Amazing People Podcast. Of course, my name is Chip Desard. I'm so honored that you are here today listening to this podcast. Uh, You know, I don't have seasons or anything like that, but I. Doing them at least once a month or twice a month just to keep you updated on things that I am doing. Um, before we start and um, before I just even go any further, I want to talk about an event. And before I even go into the main topic of the podcast, an event that I'm excited about because it's something uh, that has really helped me in my business and in my life. Uh, the event is called Networking with Purpose Live and it's by three uh, guys, two to three guys I know fairly well and um, what I like about the event that it's a live look in to what these gentlemen have been doing. Um, is Matt McWilliams, John Corcoran and Mark Sievercrop. I've had Mark Sievercrop in on my podcast when he talked about uh, intentional networking and one of the things that he has done, uh, and Matt as well, is that they have really been very intentional about building their networks. And sometimes people, you know, at first I was a little intimidated because, you know, I I had uh, Mark on my podcast. Then I got a handwritten thank you note from him. Then I had Matt talking to me. I think he was on my podcast as well, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I told him what I did with my students and how that, uh, impacted, he, he has this thing called the thank you revolution. The thank you every Thursday. Thank Thursday. Thank you. I want to say or Tuesday or Thursday. Thank you. Where people write handwritten thank you notes uh, to people that art is getting lost and uh, just some powerful ideas that they have to to grow your network. So what I want to tell you, I want to tell you that the event is coming up soon. And I want you to register. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's networkingwithpurposelive.com slash chip. All right, networkingwithpurposelive.com slash chip. And you can go ahead and register today. And if you use the code CHIP25, you can get 25%. If you get this. Before midnight on February 3rd, Pacific Standard Time. So if this is after February 3rd, you're listening to this, I'm so, so sorry. Um, Didn't work out. But I want to make sure that you get uh, this. So without further ado, I'll let you hear a quick commercial and an introduction from Matt.
1: You know, you need a powerful network to achieve big things this year, right? So many people complain that they have big dreams and goals, but not the right contacts. Well, it's time to change that. My name is Matt McWilliams, and my friends John Corcoran, Mark Sievercrop, and I are hosting a live online event called Networking with Purpose Live. We are literally giving you an all-access pass to our networking playbooks and giving you an insider's view of how we've built, grown, and nurtured an all-star network. In this live online event, You'll learn all the techniques, the tools, and the tricks you'll need to be a networking rock star. Directly from three of Forbes Magazine's networking experts to watch in 2015. You have a chance to finally get past the frustration and mystery of building a killer network. So act now.
0: Okay, great. Now that we talked about networking, I want to uh, transition into our main guest guest. Uh, for this podcast, uh, she is her name is Nikki Miller with maybe films, and she's out of New York via Baltimore, my home city. And I wanted to tell her I want to tell you about her. And uh, she does pretty much what I do uh, in my same space a wedding videography, a videographer. And I just thought that, you know, in the spirit of, of transparency that i do the same thing she does but we don't see each other as competitors because we believe in the abundance mentality yeah we other people would say hey you guys can be fight for the same jobs but we believe there's enough business for all of us and she may get some i may get some but the more important thing is she's going to talk about her background her first year as an entrepreneur and then some resources that she has used and then more importantly i guess uh, uh not only her struggles, but then some other things for the wedding business. And uh, as a wedding videographer, we're usually the, the the first person to get, last person to get cut. Actually, the first person to get cut from the budget. But I want to show you how she is uh, handling that and how she's building her business. And I want to say she's phenomenal. And she's a great, great person and a videographer. So without further ado, we're going to go right into the interview with Nikki. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thanks for being on here. Finally, I caught up with you.
1: <laughs> Yay.
0: Yay. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. So Nikki Miller, I want, um, just for people who don't know you, I want you to give me your background. You do video and you do photography, right? Or is it mainly video?
2: Just video.
0: Okay, just video. So tell me how you got into video. I know you're from my home city, Baltimore, so I always like home folks. So <laughs> tell me about how you got into uh, video.
2: Sure. So um, I graduated from Woodlawn High in 2001. And after I graduated, I was like, "Up, oh, I'm going to New York. I always had a, a dream, you know, a desire to live in New York. And so I moved up here for college and I originally was going to college for fashion and discovered that I hated it. Like I didn't like anything about fashion. So I ended up after that first year, I dropped out <laughs> and ended up just like taking some time to find myself. Um, But then when I finally did go back to school, I I decided to pick a school that had, you know, numerous majors and electives and so on and so forth. And I said, I'm just going to take some electives and whatever I like, that's the major I'm going to claim. So I ended up going to a CUNY school here in New York, um, Hunter College, and I took a filmmaking class um, my freshman year and loved it. And so I said, hmm, well, you know, that was kind of interesting. Let me take another one and see if I really love it or if it was just like, eh. And I ended up loving filmmaking. Um, I graduated in 2009 with my BA in media studies and my concentration in documentary filmmaking. So it's just like a big passion for me to, to be behind the camera.
0: And, and and a lot of people you you found it. So that's a great that's a great thing, <laughs> kind of a lot of people don't don't find filmmaking. They just kind of, uh, you know, stumble into, into it, it, you know, yep. so you Stum- kind of found it. And, and you learn in probably the best city in the world other than yeah. L.A. But I love New York, by the way, <laughs> to learn from you probably had some amazing teachers as well that taught you, you know, everything. Right.
2: A lot of the professors um, also were teaching at New York Film Academy as well as NYU. So we had some really great, really great professors.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and if you're like me, you watch a uh, film so you watch
2: videos. You're like, ah, oh! <laughs> you cringe at some of the rules that are broken. So I, or, I or, or or give a standing ovation for breaking them. Well, oh yeah, that's true, you cause know cause making you it work. Cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, I know that right now you do um, you know, maybe films. Tell me about, uh, you had an interesting blog post that really caught my attention about your first year as an entrepreneur. Yes. And if you can just tell uh, me about the journey, uh, about what you were doing before you were doing uh, entrepreneurship.
2: Sure. So, okay, so I graduated in 2009. Um, In May of 2009, and I also had a very pleasant surprise that May I became a mom. My husband and I had our first daughter, our only daughter, not first, our only daughter. So here I am. I have this degree in filmmaking. I have a passion in filmmaking. And but I'm now the mom of a newborn and all of our family, my family was in Maryland at the time, his family was in California. And, you know, being the first time parents that we were, we were just very protective of her and we didn't wanna have to put her in um, like a daycare situation. She was a brand new baby and we just didn't feel comfortable. So we made a lot of sacrifices for the first two years. My husband was the only person working in the house and I stayed home with her. Um, And while I was home, I was so happy that I and, and felt blessed to be able to, to be home with her, but still felt like my my friends from school and colleagues were like climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak, and I was kind of stuck. So um, in being home with her, I one day put her down for a nap and I happened to find a wedding, like a really beautifully cinematically shot wedding video that I had never known weddings were shot like this. Like the only knowledge I had of weddings was that they were still cheesy, bad videos. So when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, I could totally do this. Like I could totally make weddings as good as this, if not better. I know exactly how he got that shot. I know exactly, you know, I I was just like dissecting the shot. And I would spend like every day watching wedding videos. Um, (laughs) And then from there... It was like, well, you know, I had graduated and we were using um, three CCD cameras, right? Mm -hmm. The three cameras, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's like these videos are being shot on DSLRs. I'm like, well, what the heck is a DSLR and how does it work? So then when I wasn't watching videos, I was just like educating myself on the gear. Fast forward, I stayed home with her for two years, just hoping and praying and wishing that one day, if I got the chance, I would start the business. Um, when she was two years old, I went to work in corporate and uh, not corporate and um, mortgage banking. And I had told myself that whatever money I made that I could stash away, I would just buy my equipment one piece at a time. Um, and that's what I did. I, you know, bought whatever I could buy one piece, literally one piece at a time and and was building this equipment to shoot weddings. But, but now the new dilemma was that I was comfortable in my new job. The, the money was steady and, you know, we were, we were comfortable. We had been, you know, kind of sacrificing for two, almost three years. And now it's like, okay, things are normal. Um, January of 2013, My financial institution I was working for laid off about 700 employees and I was one of them. Wow. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was actually like happy as could be that I got laid off. I was so happy that I got laid off. Like I called my mom. I was like, mom, I got laid off. Yes, this is so good because I had been saving the equipment, but to comfortable and too afraid to take the risk. So mm-hmm. now that I didn't have a job it's like, it's no excuse. You have to do this. You have everything. It's no reason why you can't just start the business. And so January of last year, two weeks after I got laid off, I ended up applying for this intensive entrepreneurial um, class here in New York called Fast Track. Where it's like very competitive to get in. You had to submit market research about your business and like just really prove to them that you were serious about starting a business. And within two weeks from getting laid off, I was in this class. Wow. And yeah, so I'm in there learning everything that I can about entrepreneurship. They were, we were in there 40 hours a week for a whole month. Wow yeah and and then from there, maybe film, I just hit the ground running chip honestly, wow, <laughs> wow, so you yeah, a a class, a layoff, a
0: class, and a uh, a baby a baby, and yeah. Wow. You just did. it, And you had to be super motivated to do this, Nikki. My goodness. I mean, so you said, so you weren't like, you know what? I'm going to find another job in the mortgage banking industry. or I want to stay there for a little bit. And, you know, so in your blog, you wrote uh, a few lessons. What's one of the the key lessons you learned? I mean, I know it's been a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's one of the key lessons you've learned?
2: One of the lessons that I learned that I didn't include in the blog is to enjoy where you are. Um, and this was actually told to me by a very well-known photographer here in the city. Um, he, he shoots amazing weddings. And I feel like when you're starting out, you just want to be in the position where you're doing these amazing um, destination weddings and, like, these really high-budget weddings. And, but honestly, like, regardless, and, regardless of what stage you're in in your career, there is always a struggle. Always um, something to overcome. And even though it looks great, that person's position where they are from the outside looking in, they are still working their butts off, you know? So just being able to, to take a step back and be grateful for where you are at the moment and enjoying it. Because when the next portion comes, that's a whole new animal of, you know, stress and and drama that you will obviously adapt to but these moments that you feel are hard because you're not maybe making all the money you wish you could make or traveling to the exotic locations these will all be like nostalgic moments for you so enjoy it now
0: wow that is so
2: that is, if you can see me i'm shaking my head i'm like you better <laughs> preach it i did not want to
0: go ahead and because that that makes so much sense because the comparison trap cuz that's what we do as humans i mean that's that that's do. just what we we do and as creators, mm-hmm. we always say, "Okay, my stuff doesn't look good as his, or my stuff doesn't look good as hers." Mm-hmm. And, 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 and another thing, I have to say, just because I know this industry, because I do this uh, similar similar work, is that mm-hmm. what I like? There are not a lot of females that do what you do, Nikki. No, there aren't. So you stand out, and I and I and I uh, work with a female uh, cinematographer here in oh. the DC area, but I don't know too many women. And this is not <laughs> saying a, a a diss, but right. to me. Women know what women want to see. And in the wedding business, to me, you all have such an advantage over men. Uh I mean, to me. And I'll be honest to you, with you, Nikki, until with my wedding business, until mm-hmm. I started hiring females, mm-hmm. my business started taking off. Before, right. I was just okay. I'll just be honest with you. Right. Right. And and I realized, even even my wife even says that, that I'm smart enough to have a woman in, mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: around. One because of, you all know what, what, what women want. It's true. And one of the secrets that is like an underlying joke, but kind of like truth, that a lot of the big bigger name videographers that you know like the wedding videographers that you love they hire women to edit their videos because they're like women kind of have you like you said they have an idea of how the story should go because it's a love story you know and we're like from little girls playing with dolls like that's our thing you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: hoping <laughs> I have three daughters, so if one of them wants to do love stories and stuff oh, in nice. video, I would, I would love it. But if they don't, that's fine. Right. That 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 that's fine too. So tell me about since we're talking about wedding videos, and that's one of my passions as well. Tell me about we talked about before we start recording about. Uh, budgets and why brides may not include wedding video because when I got into wedding video Nikki it was like you where mm-hmm. it was somebody's uncle and I had an uncle that just did it and he just set a camera up back and I and I even I got married in in 2001 so a while ago and I'm looking right. at my wedding video it was not cinematic it was back in the days of VHS right. Right. so it was horrible but I, I converted <laughs> to DVD but if I were to show you my wedding video I w- I would be ashamed and but- uh- <laughs>
2: Something and, for you to look back and see. Even yeah. if you're looking back to laugh at the yeah. clothes and yeah, laugh yeah, at the yeah, songs, yeah, yeah. you still have that memory.
0: I have the memory, but right. I look at it. And then I look at how much I paid and I'm like, I paid that much for that. (laughs) But I was smart enough back then, even though I wasn't in videography like that back then to get wedding video. I was, and my wife and I, we
2: Mm -hmm. got married
0: in Philadelphia and I said, we have photography, but we need Mm -hmm. to get wedding videography. Tell me why people in your opinion don't get wedding video.
2: People honestly just do not always see the value in it. You know? Um, when you're planning a wedding and you're you know any couple your family tells you television tells you the wedding magazines tell you get a good photographer make sure you get a good photographer so like the photographer is a given and it's and it's true you definitely want to budget for the person that's going to capture your story the way that you would like to but i think people are not realizing that even with photos the way someone spoke their vows or um, seeing grandma dance on the dance floor, like those memories fade, you know? And, and as you, you move forward in life, as you get older, you know, your your older, your loved ones pass on and the kids grow up. And it's just beautiful to be able to look back at your niece who was three at the time you got married and now she's 13 and be able to see that. But people don't, I don't feel like they really, Think that think of it in that way.
0: And you you reference a Huffington Post article. What does that Huffington Post article uh, say? You have a great gif on, on it. What, what does that Huffington Post article say?
2: The Huffington Post says, so you guys don't have to take it from me, that 98 percent of couples that do not hire a wedding videographer regret that. Mm-hmm. Regret not hiring a videographer for their
0: wedding. I could probably say a hundred percent no. I
2: thought I they want to say a hundred, but you know technically you can't. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, you're 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 right, and and I I know that even though my wedding video may not be cinematic, I still look at it because I can show my daughters, you know, exactly. their the mommy and daddy when you know they looked a little different, a little younger, right. but you know, and and the pictures are good, but it's nothing like moving pictures, and okay. I think that um. Sometimes we get the short end of
2: the stick. We definitely do. We definitely do. But I feel like our it's there will always be clients that are just like I can't afford it, and money is their priority, right? And that's fine. You know, you have to know, you have to go into your wedding honestly, and and if it's something that if if all you're doing is picking your your vendors by according to budget. Then I feel like those clients we would never convince anyway, you know, but but there are plenty of clients that see the value in video. um, And that's that's in in a nutshell. We as videographers have to blog about the value in video, show our expertise in video um, and just really put the knowledge and information out there. So that then they're like, oh, you know, I didn't think of it that way. But now that you say it, that is a great point. And yeah, maybe we need to rethink not having a videographer. It's just a lack of education,
0: really. Mm-hmm. And, and i and I totally agree, and there's a there's a quote that i I hear that I can't remember who's who said mm-hmm. it, but it's called a rising tide lifts all boats and I mm-hmm. think that if you do good work what you do, I do good work, which mm-hmm. I hope I do we you lift do. each other yeah. so right so it's like yeah, we're competitors in a sense but guess what we're lifting each other because right. we're going to show the value of it and when people see that, they're like, wait a sec, I gotta hire maybe I gotta go look at chip because yeah, these guys maybe. do good work and we really help other people because think about it, people who do cheesy work kind of help hurt our industry. Right. Of course. of course. <laughs> people do cheesy work help hurt it, but you don't think about it like that. But when you're in an industry that, um, you know, and, and, and in a way, Nikki, it can be mm-hmm. a benefit because, you know, when you look around on these wedding wires and even the Munaluchis of the world, uh, mm-hmm. you don't see a whole bunch of wedding videographers. It's probably no, like six on the page. Yep. So it's kind of like, I need to know all six of them because there's only like six of us. Yeah, it's on this
2: six, page. right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> or it's photographers who's doing it now because photographers are getting wise. I have a photographer friend that's buying gear and asking me a whole bunch of
2: questions. Or, that's
0: adding it, and which I, I don't mind. It's just no, it's just, I, don't uh, yeah, I, don't I
2: don't either. Yeah, I don't
0: mind either. But yeah, I just wanted
2: stuff out there for everybody. Oh yeah, that, go for uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I
0: said. I mean, and good luck with it. Buying extra mm-hmm. gear and other stuff and lights and <laughs> and everything you need. Yep. So let me ask you this one one last question. When it comes to video, and uh, not only brides, but documentary, because you're Mm -hmm. more of a a storyteller. Because I know in one of your blogs, you talk about the difference in um, uh, documentary and then uh, storytelling. Because there's a lot of people that, let's be honest, when they're booking a wedding videographer or photographer, Mm -hmm. they have no clue. It's the first time they're making thousands of dollars on the table. And it's our job to educate them. Mm -hmm. How do you educate people in this? And uh,
2: one is really putting the blog posts out. I, I read a book called, um, it's an awesome book actually. It's called utility. Ooh, can you see it? It's called utility by Jay bear.
0: Jay bear. Yes.
2: And the cool thing about this book is that he's, his, his theory is that the more information you give your clients, Um, as far as marketing versus like building up all this hype. Oh, I'm so great. And look at me, look at me. No, just like literally telling them everything, you know, being very transparent and answering the questions that you get from clients that, you know, you get actual telephone inquiries from just being super transparent. Um, by the time the client calls you because your, your website is so full of information and they can just not feel pressured or being sold to by the time they contact you, they're ready to make a sale, you know, cause they, you've answered all the questions for them already. So, um, I think transparency is the best policy as far as educating the client. Like we are lucky enough to have platforms like blogs and YouTube and all of these cool things. And, you know, social media, just, as well as sharing the work that you do, share the behind the scenes stuff because, like you said, this is their first time planning a wedding. Um, they're putting all this money on the table, and we throw out terms like documentary and cinematic and 16 by that? nine. Right. <laughs> what does that mean? So, even a blog post, this is what 16 by nine is versus standard versus clients love that stuff. And, um, you know, just you—you you being that videographer that set your sets yourself apart by actually giving them the information in a way that they understand. They already trust you, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then yeah, once they trust you, they, they say, "Hey, Nikki's the expert, and we want to uh, to get her. We want to get we want to get her." So, <laughs> so Nikki, how can people get, reach you on your blog, and and are you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? What's the best way to reach you?
2: Yes, so I'm heavy on Instagram right now. I am at sign maybe films Mm -hmm. also on facebook facebook slash maybe films i have a twitter account i kind of don't really do twitter i kind of i'm too long-winded for twitter (laughs) (laughs) but um everything that i post to instagram is also posted to my twitter and then my website is www.maybefilms.com you can check out my blog and yeah that's how you get me yeah
0: and that book is so i've heard of the book utility it's y-o-u yeah utility yeah. it's a bestseller by jay bear I've i've heard of that book so that's a great great recommendation recommendation always get a lot of people yeah. asking me, well, how do I get started? Or they want to go from 0 to 100, it Says 0 to 25, you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm not That's at 100, you but, gotta you know, Yeah. oh my <laughs> gosh, and they just, especially they just come out of high school and they, they want to, uh, you know, do do whatever. So, well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for your time. This has been very, very helpful and um, hopefully when I come to New York I'll be able to see you and hopefully work yes, with we'll you one day up, and go for lunch or coffee or something like that. But yeah, I love New York and I think that you're in the one of Best cities because you have so many great locations to shoot. I mean, I'm just jealous of that. <laughs> You don't have to travel anywhere. You go from go from Chinatown to Little Italy to all in one area, you know. In
2: Maryland, we got to drive to D.C. We got to drive to Philly. But you know? you know the funny thing? A lot of our couples want to go to Long Island, so. Oh, Long <laughs> Island. Really? I think that they see it every day. They're like, yeah, let's go somewhere It's a little more green. No. We're always in this concrete jungle. No, no. I
0: have a friend of mine, just a sidebar. And I'm, I'm going to stop the podcast in a second. But okay. I have a friend of mine that he's a Texas photographer. He's uh-huh. just killing to come come to the city to take pictures. I mean, you don't know how many photographers and videographers we just kill. Like you all take it for granted, but we just want to come to New York so bad, you know, (laughs)
1: Um, and we'll get
0: swallowed up probably, but still (laughs) in a concrete jungle. So, Hey, thanks for your time. And, um, and I will, I will be talking soon.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: So thanks so much for listening to this episode of the amazing people podcast. If you made it this far, uh, you did listen uh, to the great interview we had with Nikki now you want to go ahead and get that book uh, she talked about in the podcast called Utility by Jay Baer it, it's phenomenal I, I recommended it to a friend of mine the other day and it is so good and uh, I'm reading it now uh, I bought the audible version and the Kindle version and I, I'm switching back and forth and I really really like it so again you'll find all of these in the show notes on chipdizar.com. Uh you want to visit Nikki Maybe and.com and visit uh, see what she's doing up in New York and all over so thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Amazing People Podcast until the next time continue to do amazing work and be amazing God bless